here before you. We want to see you. we request you to send your Holy Spirit to guide us in this session. Be with your, your servant that you've sent here to speak to us. May your will be done for this my prayer in Jesus' name. Welcome, speaker. I greet you all in the name of Jesus. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. And all the time, I invite you in a very special way into today's Bible study. Today is our day three of our studies. And uh, I invite you, feel free to join us. If you can hear this voice, you are invited in a very special way as we go through the word of God as we study the Bible, that God may enlighten our conscience. Without far much ado, I would like us to pray. Let us pray. Kind and everlasting Father in heaven, and this is life eternal, that all may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We request you in a special way to speak to us again this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are continuing with our series of studies. Since we started the first day, I have labored to help us understand the concept of righteousness by faith. And we have tried to dig deeper into this concept. And today, I would like us to take it in a more specific way. Remember, at the heart of the concept of righteousness by faith, it is how you and I, will be able to live a righteous life. You and I will be able to overcome sin. Yesterday, we studied about the human nature. And we realized that we have a sinful nature, which is otherwise identified as the fallen nature. And we said that the fallen nature has two components. Component number one, it is the carnal mind. And component number two, it is what we call the sinful flesh. Now, the carnal mind, the Bible says in Romans chapter number eight, verses, uh, verses seven, that the carnal mind is enmity against God because it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. And we have a carnal mind. And we noted that actually the carnal mind can be changed, but the sinful flesh remains. You see, it is such a fatal combination. A carnal mind coupled with a sinful flesh, it makes us powerless to resist sin in our own self. And we realized something. That the starting point of righteousness... It is the understanding that without God, without the power of God, without, div without divine intervention, we cannot overcome sin because we are powerless. Our nature is rebellious. Our nature is selfish. Our nature is evil. We have a bias towards evil. It is so easy for you to choose evil than to choose good in your nature. Our nature, our fallen nature, our sinful nature, 
it has a bias toward evil. It is inclined to evil. It has a terrible propensity towards evil. You are powerless. And how I wish you understand this. Unless we understand and appreciate that in our nature we cannot produce righteousness, there is nothing that God can do. And therefore, what is righteousness by faith? I find this definition most profound. In the book Faith I Live By, written by White, Faith I Live By, page 111, paragraph 2, it says this, that righteousness by faith, it is the work of God. Tell your neighbor it is the work of God. It is the work of God. It is the work of God in doing for man that which is not in his power to do for himself. And the concept of righteousness by faith, it must permeate all aspects of our lives. If it is in your academics, you must realize that it is the work of God in enabling you to perform excellently. If it is relationship life, we must appreciate that it is the work of God from the start to the end. Many a times we make our own efforts to look for a boyfriend and a girlfriend. And then when, when, when things become bitter, it's when you remember God. Righteousness by faith, it is not a theory, but a practice in a Christian life. We realize that our nature is so terrible that we are tempted both from within and from without. Notice, do you know that even if we take you today and lock you in a room, in a dark room, you will still sin. Without Christ, you will sin. It is because our nature, it is so perverted to an extent that righteousness is not inherent in man. We are tempted both from without the things that we see and also from our nature within. And today I want us to understand something. I've entitled today's study, The Science of Temptation. The Science of Temptation. What is a science? What is a science? Science is a systematic body of knowledge that deals with facts and truths. Systematic body of knowledge that deals with facts and truth. What is a fact? What is a truth? A fact is an information that can be verified. And a truth is a fact that is already verified. <laughs> I'm sorry for taking you to class again. But we're talking about the science of what? Of temptation. How does it happen? How does it happen that when, uh, from the time we are tempted, to the time we fall in sin. What transpires? The science of temptation. 
I want us to understand something. That genuine science does not conflict the scripture. Genuine science does not conflict the scriptures. If at all science conflict with the scripture, then that science is false. Let me say it the other way around. You see, the study of God, the study of God, which is identified in a term called theology. Theos in Greek means God. And logia means knowledge. When you combine this thing, is the study about who? About God. Now, it has been described as the queen of all sciences. How comes it is a queen of all sciences? It is because it is dealing with another level of truth. That the word of God is truth. Are you getting it? If you're together, say amen. If you're together, say amen. That it deals, theology, it deals with truths which are eternal. Unlike the physical sciences and the social sciences, of which we can say it, is, it deals with facts and truth which are visible. Are we getting it? But this kind of science, it, is, it, it derives its truth from both the special revelation and the general revelation that we see. Now we are saying there is a science that exists in a temptation. It is a process. Temptation is not seen. Sin comes when we yield into temptation. Don't forget, genuine science does not conflict with scripture. Why is that so? The book of Colossians chapter number 2 verses 3. Colossians chapter number 2 verses 3. Colossians 2, 3, the Bible records. Yes. In whom, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Read it again well. In whom, in whom are hidden are hidden all the treasures all the treasures of wisdom of wisdom and knowledge and knowledge in Amen. who in Christ that in Christ it emanates all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge therefore it is not possible that science can conflict scripture and if at all you meet an instance that science conflicts scripture then there is a problem with that science some have studied to an extent of saying there is no God. Let me tell you something. In the book of Psalms, chapter number 14, verses 1, that you have studied science to higher levels until you say there is no God. Psalms, chapter number 14, verses 1. The Bible records? Yes. The fool said in his heart. The fool says in his heart. There is no God. There is no God. They are corrupt. They are corrupt. They have done abom uh, abominable works. And they have done abominable work. Hold on. If indeed you come to a conclusion that there is no God, then you are a fool. The Bible says so. How do you explain the existence of mountain? For example, if you're walking in a desert and you and you a desert and you find a watch. A watch in the sand. Can you say that that watch came there alone? On its own? It's not possible. 
So we are saying that genuine science does not conflict the scriptures. And here we are talking about the science of temptation. Go with me in the book of James chapter number 1 verses 13 through 15. I want you to understand something. What happens from the time we are tempted to the time we sin? Temptation is not sin. Sin comes in yielding into the temptation. Read it. James chapter number 1 verses 13. James 1, uh, James 1, 13, the Bible records. Yes. Let no one say when he is tempted. Let no one say when he is tempted. I am tempted by God. I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. For God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. God does not tempt anyone. Proceed. Uh, fourteen. Yes. Uh, fourteen records. Yes. But each one, uh, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires Hold and on. enticed. Hold on. That each one is tempted when he is done what? Drawn away by his own desires. He and is drawn away by his own desires and lust. Uh huh. Fifteen. Yes. Then when, uh, then mm -hmm. when desire has conceived. Now, I want you to notice these steps here. That first, we are tempted. And when we are tempted, we are tempted by our own desires and lust. And then the lust draws us away. It entices us. And when lust has conceived, it gives forth sin. And when sin has conceived, it gives forth death. I want you to notice this process. I want us to read the Bible microscopically so that you can get every detail. I want you to redo again. 15? Yes. Then? Uh -huh. I want you to start from verse 14. Verse 14? Mm -hmm. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Each one is tempted, number one, when he is drawn away. Number two, when he is enticed. Then, uh -huh. when desire has conceived, and when the desires has conceived, it gives birth to sin. It gives birth to sin. I and want you to notice that sin does not come in step one. There is a subsequent step that occurs until you fall into sin. You cannot escape temptation. Because we are tempted both from within our natures and from without. Temptation is not sin. Now, sin comes when we are enticed. Number two, when we are drawn away. And when lust has conceived, it gives forth sin. And when sin has conceived, it gives forth death. I want you to notice that process. The battle is the battle of the mind. The battle is the battle of the what? Tell your friend seated next to you that the battle is the battle of the mind. That Satan is seeking to capture your mind. Because temptation is all about the compromise of the mind. When the mind is compromised, that's when sin occurs. You see, this process of 
being tempted by our own lust, the enticement and the drawing away, it is the attack of the mind. And yesterday we realized that when we are talking about the mind, we are talking about the heart. Are you getting it? If we are together, say amen. When the Bible says the heart, it speaks about the mind. When David cries in Psalms chapter number 51 verse 10 that create in me a clean heart, he's not talking about pulmonary arteries. He's not talking about the veins in the heart. Are you getting it? He's talking about the mind. Now go with me in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number 23 verses 7. Proverbs 23 7. Yes. For as he thinks in his heart, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You are the product of your thoughts. Eat and drink. Hold on. As a man thinketh, so is he. That you are the product of your what? Of your thoughts. It is your thoughts that makes up a man. Want us to substantiate this point further. The book of Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23. Keep your heart with all diligence. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs uh -huh. the issues of life. For out of your heart it springs the issues of life. Notice that we are cautioned. We are admonished to keep our hearts pure. We need to keep our minds uncorrupted. Because when the mind is corrupted, that's when sin occurs. And temptations is an attack of the mind. First Peter chapter 1 verses 30. First Peter chapter 1 verses 30. First Peter 1.13. Yes. Therefore, guide up the loans of your mind. I want you to read fluently. Therefore. Therefore. Guide up the loins of your mind. Guard up. Guard up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Be sober. The rest of your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you. Guard up the loins of your what? Of your yes. minds and be sober. From out of your mind flows the issues of your life. And as the man thinketh, so is he. You are the product of your thoughts. That's what the Bible says in Matthew chapter number 5, verses 8. There are people who will see God. Matthew chapter number 5, verses 8. Matthew 5, 8? Yes. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. For they shall see God. I want you to understand the centrality of the mind in the battle with temptation. It is so important that the Bible is saying that blessed are the pure in what? In heart. Blessed are the pure in mind. For they shall see who? For they shall see God. In other words, if the mind is corrupted, we're not going to see God. Eternity is a nightmare. 
that we need to guard our minds. Now, I want us to illustrate something here so that this point sinks. I want us to illustrate a point here. Go with me in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter number 11, verses 3. 2 Corinthians, chapter number 11, verses 3. 11, 3. Yes. And the Bible records. Yes. But I fear. But I fear. Lest somehow. Lest somehow. As the serpent deceived Eve. By as the serpent beguiled Eve. By his craftiness. By his craftiness. So your mind may be corrupted. So that your mind may be corrupted. From simplicity that is in Christ. From the simplicity that is in Christ. Listen, the Bible says that I fear that God, through inspiration, he is speaking in the Bible and says that I fear, I'm afraid that God's children's mind may be corrupted. I want you to redo that. I don't know if you are having another version of the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11, verses 3. 11, 3, this version says. Yes. But I am afraid. But I am afraid. That your minds will be led away from your true and pure following of Christ. That your mind will be corrupted. Uh-huh. This could happen just as Eve was tricked by the snake. With that this could happen. It could happen the same way. Eve was tricked by the snake. Hold on. Question. How was Eve tempted? How was Eve tricked? How was he tempted? Until his mind was corrupted. Her mind was corrupted. Go with me in the book of Genesis chapter number 3 verses 6. Genesis chapter number 3 verses 6. Genesis 3 6. Yes. And it says. Yes. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for aha, food. Aha. Now this is Eve. We want to, to realize how was Eve tempted? How was Eve tempted until his mind was corrupted? Now the Bible says, read it. The Bible says, mm -hmm. so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. The woman saw. That, I, want, that it I was, want you to notice this. The woman did what? He saw uh -huh, that it was pleasant to the eyes. That it was pleasant to the eyes. And a tree desirable to make one wise. Uh -huh. she, took a, uh, she took of its fruit. And I ate. want you to listen. That first he saw. Number two, after he saw, he took it. I want you to notice the organs involved in this process. Which organ is used in seeing? The eyes. Which organ is used in seeing? The eyes. The eyes. First, I want you to notice, before he saw the fruit, he engaged in a conversation with the devil. Are you getting? First, he heard. First, he did what? He heard. There was a conversation between Eve and the devil. In other words, the first organ to be involved is what? The ear. Are you getting? And number two, he saw the fruit. The eyes was involved. Number three, proceed reading. Uh, 
So the, when the woman saw that it was the tree was good for uh, food, yes, it uh, that it was pleasant to the eyes, yes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, mm -hmm. he took a fruit and ate. He took which organ? The hands. The hands. Are you getting it? Yeah. The hands he took and did what? And ate. And ate. Which organ of the body is responsible for eating? Now I want you to notice this. That we really need to guard the avenues of the mind. The avenues of the mind, number one, it is the ear. Number two, it is the eyes. Number three, it is the hands because it touches. And number four, it is the what? The mouth. Now let me ask you something. See, science and Bible does not conflict. If he had first, which nerve is responsible in transmitting, in relaying information from the ear to the mind? Which nerve is responsible? To me, see, this is not a science class. Is that the case? Science confirms that the auditory nerves, it conveys, it relays information from where? From the ears to where? To the brain. Number two, he saw which nerve of the body is responsible in relaying information from the eyes to the brain. Yes? Someone? The optic nerves. Are you getting it? The optic nerves. The optic nerves are nerves. It relays information from the eyes to where? To the brain. Number three. He touched. He touched. Which nerve is responsible for conveying information, for relaying information from the hand to the brain? The sensory nerve. Are you getting how these things are related? Are you getting the science in this thing? And then lastly, the appetite. He ate the fruit. Which nerve is responsible in conveying information from your tongue to your brain? Hypoglossal nerves. Hypoglossal nerves. Are you getting these things? That we really need to guard the avenues of the mind. And the avenues of the mind, it is the ear, the eyes, the hands. And the appetite. Now, what do you watch? How is it that we can remain pure? That our minds can remain uncorrupted? What do you watch? That you can watch a movie almost the whole night. You are feeding your mind with filthy stuffs. That we watch pornography and you expect to resist temptation, it is not possible. 
that we need to guard the avenues of the mind because the Bible says, out of your mind, it flows the issues of life. As a man thinketh, so is he. Question, at what point did Eve sin when he ate the fruit or before? At what point did she sin? When she ate the fruit or before she ate the fruit? Someone? This one you must answer. At what point did Eve see? You're struggling, my sister. I think I see you're struggling to say something. What are you saying? Before. Okay. How is that possible? Elder Sinkoli. What are you saying? Before. How is that possible? Yes? There you are. You see, temptation, it is the attack of the mind. And when the mind is compromised, it doesn't matter whether you have done it or not. You have sinned. Are you getting the point? And that's why Christ was trying to help the Pharisees understand a certain point. In the book of Matthew chapter number 5, verses 26. Matthew chapter number 5, verses 26. Yes. Uh, Matthew 5, Yes. And the Bible records, Assuredly, Assuredly, I say to you, I say to you, You will by no means get out of there till mm -hmm. you have paid the last penny. 27. 27. Uh-huh. You have heard, you have heard uh, that it was said to those of old. It was said to those of old. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit adultery. 28. Uh-huh. But I say to you. But I say to you. That whatever you look. Uh, uh, that we, uh, whoever looks at a woman. Uh-huh. To last for her. Whoever looks at a woman to last after her. Has already committed adultery. Amen. The commandment says. Do not when the mind is corrupted, we reject the truth. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 8. The Bible says, Now as Janes and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Now, these people by the name Janes and Jambres, the Bible says, they resisted the truth. Why? Because their minds were corrupted. Therefore, if, if we are tempted and we yield to the temptation, our minds are corrupted. And when the minds are corrupted, we do what? We reject the truth. Question, what is truth? John chapter 14, verse 6. The Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the word. That Jesus Christ is truth. John chapter 17, verse 17. The Bible says, sanctify them with thy truth. For thy word is what? Is truth. 
Number two, the word of God is truth. Psalms 119 verses 142. The Bible says the law is truth. So Christ is truth. Number two, the word is truth. Number three, the law is what? Is truth. Now, when the mind is compromised, we will reject Christ. We will reject the word of God. And we will reject the law of God. That's how serious it is. And that's why the commandment, uh, the, the, the process of temptation, it says we are tempted by our own lust. And then we are enticed. And when we are enticed and drawn away, we, the lust conceives. It brings forth sin. And when sin has conceived, it brings forth what? Death. But God has promised. But God has promised. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, verses 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as in common to man. There is no temptation that has overtaken you as that which is common to man. But God is faithful. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able to bear. But with the temptation... But with the temptation, we'll also make the way to escape. We'll also make a way of what? To escape. Of escape. That's how faithful God is. That he cannot, he cannot allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. And he has promised that when temptation will come, he will create a way of what? Of escape. It is my prayer, friends, that when we are tempted... We may be keen to see the way that God has provided. Because many a times we are tempted, but because of corrupt minds, we are not seeing the way that God has created for us to escape. May God help us. I would like to pray with one person who is saying that may God help me to guard the avenues of my mind. And when you're making this prayer, if you're having some fishy songs concocted from the synagogue of the devil in your phones, you need to delete it. You need to delete them. If your laptop is filled with series of movies which are not salvational, as you make this prayer, you go and delete it. We need to guard the avenues of our minds at all costs. We have books which we can feed our mind proper food, salvational. Some of us, we know, we know the team of Manu, all the players by name, but we don't have verses in our heads. You can see how serious you are in your spiritual life. We don't have verses. We have books on that table that we can read and grow to the stature of the fullness of Christ. We feed our minds with the proper food. We watch things that glorify God. 
we hear things that glorify God. We guard the avenues of our mind if we have to resist temptation. So I'd like to pray with one person who is saying, Lord, help me with your power. But from today, I may guard the avenues of my mind. You rise as we pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you in a special way for this lesson. Thank you for using me as a frail, weak instrumentality to convey your divine intents. Your sons and daughters have stood on their feet. They are saying you empower their will, that we all may be able to guard the avenues of the mind, that what we watch, what we hear, what we eat, what we touch, to may glorify your name. Help us by your power. As we go to delete those filthy things in our laptops, in our phones, it's my prayer that you may give us strength. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.